Today is my pleasure to welcome a very special guest. He's one of the greatest investors of all time and a great business leader. Jim Rogers is a very well-known American businessman. He's an investor, financial commentator, and best-selling author. He currently is based in Singapore. Mr. Rogers is the chairman of Rogers Holdings and Billings Interest, Inc. He was the co-founder of the Quantum Fund and creator of the Rogers International Commodities Index. Born in Baltimore, Maryland, raised in Demopolis, Alabama, Mr. Rogers graduated from Yale with a BA in History and a second BA degree in Philosophy, Politics and Economics from the University of Oxford. Mr. Rogers then joined Dominic and Dominic LLC on Wall Street as a research analyst, a job as he quoted, they were paying me a lot of money to do something that I would do it for free. From 66 to 68, Mr. Rogers served as a draftee in the U.S. Army during the Vietnam War, and in 1970, uh, he met George Soros. Three, three years later, both left and founded the Quantum Fund. From 70 to 80, the portfolio gained a whopping 4,200%, making the greatest investment fund in history. Later, Mr. Rogers left the fund and went on to break two Guinness World Records that led a journey through 166 countries covering 245,000 kilometers with his wife Paige Parker in a custom-made Mercedes. A beautiful yellow machine, I might say. He wrote several books, one of them The Adventure Capitalist, that illustrates his ventures. There's a special episode there where both parties at war stopped because of the need of the only authorized mechanic there. <laughs> Apparently the most powerful man in that country was a mechanic, go figure. Mr. Rogers wrote one of my favorite books, A Gift to My Children, where he has some great pearls of wisdom. One of the most important ones, at least for me, you're never too old to start over. Mr. Rogers, thank you for your time. It is an absolute honor and joy to have you on our show today. Uh, Diego, I'm delighted. I'm delighted. You wasted time talking too much about me. Let's talk about other things. Sure. We created this channel to have young people come together to a place with resources on health and finance so anyone can achieve their vision because bringing motivation and knowledge from great role models and successful leaders such as yourself brings a tremendous value in order for anyone that is willing to, to be the best. People are able to become better and reach their potential but looking around we see a lot of people struggling because they don't know what they don't know and so they suffer. We want to help entrepreneurs to know what they don't know so they can move forward because economies are made of businesses, businesses are made of people. Inter entrepreneurs build economies and when they are aligned with principles of success, the economy becomes a better place because it's more productive. You being so successful as a father and investor, what would you tell them to do, your advice, when young people are trying to figure out what is it that they are supposed to be doing for the rest of their lives? Well, the main thing is Figure out your own passions. Figure out what you love. Don't listen to your parents, your teachers, your friends. Figure out what you love a lot. Everybody loves something. You just have to, sometimes you have to figure out what it is. And sometimes people will laugh at you if you say, you know what, I want to be a gardener. But people will say that's absurd. But if that's what you want to do and you know it, then you go and become a gardener. You're going to be very happy. The people who do what they love never go to work. They wake up every day and start having fun, and those are the people who are the most successful because they're doing what they love, and they, they know a lot about it. And even if they're, if they're not successful, they go, they don't care. They're happy. 
they're having too much fun to worry about it. So the first thing is to do only what you love, follow your passion. If you're going to invest, same thing, only invest in what you yourself know a lot about. Don't listen to me, don't listen to the TV, the internet, the newspapers. Just listen to what you yourself know a lot about. You will know better than anybody else when something new is happening, something's going to, to succeed, and that's how you invest. If I told you you only have 25 investments in your life, you would be very careful, you wouldn't jump around, you wouldn't jump in and out, you would only invest when you knew you had a sure thing. And that's how you become successful at life and in the market. So you are uh, really uh, happy with every, every day in your life? You're really successful, so you enjoy every bit of it. Well, so far, yes. That doesn't mean that things don't come along every once in a while and, and cause me a setback. Uh, but yes, for the most part, I'm quite, quite pleased and satisfied. But a successful life is basically a, conse a consequence of several successful daily habits because they build over time. So how is uh, a typical Jim Rogers day when you, are, when you were working at the Quantum Fund? Did you wake up really early and then have like really long hours just researching how, how that? Well, I never set my alarm clock because I wanted to be sure that when I got to, I mean, if I had to set it, I would. There was some kind of early meeting or something, but I never set my alarm clock. I wanted to be sure that I woke up fully rested, and then I could hardly wait to get to, to the office. Uh, I got down to the office and just started reading everything in sight, and I often stayed till 10, 11 at night. I mean, I often stayed very late at night because I love being there, and I had to know everything. Diego, I felt I had to know everything in order to succeed, because the world is always changing. And what's true today may not be correct tomorrow. So you have to stay on top of everything. But I love doing it. It was a wonderful, wonderful puzzle, me against the world. So because you, uh, one thing that I'm um, quite attracted to your way of thinking is you advocate due diligence, because most people kind of skim the surface. It's kind of this bias that we have every single day that instant success, instant diet, instant famous. So they don't see the tremendous amount of work and dedication that is behind uh, becoming successful. So do you still devote yourself reading thoroughly everything uh, every day now or it just became such a master now it's like becomes easier with time? Well Diego, I don't work nearly as hard now as I used to partly because I do have a little bit of money also because I have two children now that I'd much rather spend my time with them than just about anything. So I have, I'm doing other things in life now, partly because I did make a little bit of money, and so I, I have the, the, the luxury, the freedom to do other things. And these two little children, these two little girls are extremely important to me. But solving problems is an essential part of becoming successful. And when you develop an idea, let's say a line of thought, how long do you stick to it until you see that you must be ready to switch? Oh, of course, uh, I said before, the world is always changing. <laughs> Everything we think today is not going to be true in 15 years, maybe not even in 15 minutes. So, no, you have to constantly stay on top of everything and you have to constantly prod and check and look because things. everybody makes mistakes, especially me. So yeah, you have to double double check to make sure you haven't made a mistake. 
but if you um, if, if let's say if you are super creative you might not be re very reliable and if you are a very logical person you not might not be very creative so you kind of need uh, people that have a different way of looking at the same issue in order to help you understand where your flaws in that line of thought is so do you create some kind of dependency of other people in order to for you to solve a specific issue or you try to do everything on your own I, I'm pretty much a loner. I do things myself. I don't, I don't uh, rely on other people. Nearly every time I do rely on somebody else or get a, a suggestion from someone else, I lose money. I, I don't know why it is, but I lose enough money on my own. I don't need other people because they make me lose even more. But you do have to keep checking, prodding, turning things over to be sure you're right. One way I do that, I try to read a newspaper or news sources from more than one place. If you read one newspaper, you will pretty quickly learn they have their own biases. But if you read four or five or get your news from four or five different sources, you will find that many different points of view. You put them together and maybe you'll come up with the right answer. So you still do due diligence and put your, your put yourself at stake when you develop a line of thought because you keep saying to yourself I might be wrong. This is what you're saying. I certainly do. I wish I I wish I did more sometimes, but I certainly still do it. I know what's what I'm supposed to do, and I try to do it. Because you already know usually where you where you lack behind when when you develop a line of thought. You already know that you have. This way of thinking, okay, this usually caused me some problems because this is just the way that I am. Well, I have been here before. I've been doing this for 50 years. So, you know, it's not some things I don't have to really start. I know where Belgium is. I know where Australia is. Sure. I know what coal is. I know what steel is. You know, a lot of things that I already have in my, my own brain from 50 years of experience. But that doesn't... So it cuts down some of the time that I used to have to put in long ago, but I still have to put in time and effort. We have, we have two questions here from, from entrepreneurs. Actually, it's pretty interesting to have your, your thoughts on this. There's a, a catch-22 common to all entrepreneurs because they don't hire because they don't have a lot of money. They don't have money because they keep trying to do everything by themselves. Can you share some thoughts on this, meaning well, delegating? Everybody has to find their own way, Diego. I, I used to listen to other people, as I told you, partly because I thought, well, they're older, they're more experienced, they're probably smarter than me. So I used to listen to a lot of people. I don't do that anymore. I explained before. But everybody has to find their own way. I know people who have big research departments or big staffs, and they do very well having a lot of people working with them. You have to find your own way. Don't follow me. Don't follow anybody. Figure out your own way, and then you'll be successful. Being an intelligent person such as yourself, um, you have—I see these people have a tendency not to connect when they are when they are raised in an environment where they when they try to connect with people, they don't have any common ground. So, social skills are critical because if you don't network, you don't connect to the economy. Since you were young, were you the open type or more the shy, close person kept to yourself and reading and studying? Who knows what I did when I was young. I made plenty of mistakes. I still make plenty of mistakes. Uh, as I said, I would 
find things either by reading or looking out the window or observing, seeing something new or something changing. And I, then I would start trying to figure out what's happening here, what has happened. You must understand the past in order to understand the present and much less the future. So I have to figure out what has been going on with this industry, this company, this person, whatever. And then I have to build the case to the present and then hopefully to the future. So coming back to the economy, it, it's becoming pretty clear that China is taking over. We also see countries like Nigeria, they are really developing. What is the end outcome you see for America as they continue to print money as one of the fix-all solutions and also Europe? Well, I don't particularly like saying this. I'm an American citizen, voter, taxpayer, etc. Uh, but America has peaked, certainly on an, uh, a relative basis, if not an absolute basis. We are in decline with the largest debtor nation in the history of the world. We have troops in over 120 countries, which are not doing us any good. They're making us uh, enemies around the world. So, unfortunately, America has seen its best days. This has happened to many other countries in history. Spain, France, England. I mean, the list goes on and goes on and on and on. So, it, and it's happening to us now. It will happen to other people in the future. Yes, China. China's on the rise. But, yeah, China will have plenty of problems. Don't worry. There'll be plenty of failures and problems in China as it rises, just as there were in the United States. We now have this uh, pretty bizarre concept of neg uh, negative nominal interest rates. Can you share your views on this? Is this uh, they're trying to fix something that is unfixable the way that they keep doing things? Well, first of all, it's never happened in history. Second, it is not working. It has not worked. It's a little bit of a ludicrous proposition, if you ask me, but many academics are ludicrous and bureaucrats are ludicrous. Uh, it's not working. It has not worked. It's not going to work. And when we start making the recovery, going back to reality, oh, Diego, we are all going to suffer very, very badly. So we are, we are still in a downturn because looking at the Schiller's PE, we're still looking at the, the S&P 500. It's still heading for a correction. Are we looking at 1929 type of, type of um, levels, or what's your thoughts on this one? Well, it's certainly going to be the worst in our lifetime. Uh, there's no question about that. I don't know, you're comparing it to 1929. History does uh, rhyme. It doesn't always repeat itself. But we're certainly going to have horrendous problems in the economy and, and financial markets worldwide. So in your views, where do you see the economy going? Because as we look at it, the tech space is becoming pretty crowded. It's filled with intelligent people developing all sorts of apps. But you, you get this uh, feeling that it's maybe a, a bubble is in development. So are we heading back to basics and people start looking to other sources of, let's say, agriculture? Well, we're certainly having bubbles in various parts of the world economy. The bond market, American college education, there are a few bubbles, European football clubs, there are a few bubbles around. Uh, bubbles always pop one way or the other, and people suffer. When the current financial situation pops, we're going to have serious problems. I mean, American, the S&P, Standard & Poor's 500 average, has 500 companies. 
they've had down earnings for six quarters now. The stocks keep, well, a few, a few, a very few concentrated big companies keep going up, which drags the averages up. But everything you look at in the economy, facts-wise, statistic-wise, we're having problems and they're getting worse. A huge percentage of your index allocation um, is in agriculture. What interests you specific? Why this sector specifically? Do you believe it is a sector of the economy that is undervalued? Well, there you go. That's a that's a commodities index. But indexes you don't you cannot put in there what you like or don't like. It wouldn't be an index. An index is just a reflection of the world, of the world around you. Agriculture is one of the most important parts of the world economy, uh, all over the world. My index was designed to reflect the world, not just New York or, you know, San Francisco or something. We all wear clothes, we all wear shoes, and many, many things in agriculture that are very important to the entire world. That's why it's a large part of the index, but it has nothing to do with whether I'm positive or negative. It has to do with the reality of the world. Because we are seeing, um, what I mean by this is, we are seeing several initiatives to get people healthier, at least here in Portugal, because people eat better. As you know, because you, you already been to Portugal, I'm guessing you like Portuguese food. I'm betting on that one. Uh, and so organic farming is becoming an interest, but it's still more expensive. Do you think this new age agriculture, like those farms we see in Japan, will become the new norm? Or will that stay type of a high-end and more expensive to the consumer type of deal? Well, I doubt if it'll be the new norm. It's going to grow and grow a lot. I doubt if everybody in the world ever, will ever be uh, buying and consuming, uh, what is the term, uh, natural foods, if you will, uh, because it is more expensive. There's no question about it. But the world, many, many people, everybody would like to have natural food if they could afford it uh, and so you're going to see more and more and more of it places like china they have a lot got a lot of contaminated food many places so we all want it we can't all afford it but it's it is going to continue to grow so you think uh, the world the world is not uh, still fully educated on this type of uh, resources so it will stay like a IN type of thing and always more expensive because people have other needs besides this. Is this what you're saying? Well, I don't see any way that it can ever be as cheap as mass-farmed mass cotton or wheat uh, with fertilizer and pesticides. I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but it maybe it can be. But I do know that if you give somebody a choice, of clean water or contaminated water, they will take the clean water. You can give somebody a choice of uh, natural milk or adult, uh, treated milk, they're going to take the natural milk. But again, it's expensive. So you still, you, do you still advocate the idea that farmers will be riding Lambos after all, like you said, in some years? Or is because this sector is undervalued and people will start gravitating towards this? Or do you think it will always stay like a really low interest to, for the population because everyone wants to be a, a celebrity and a top model and not necessarily get into farming? Throughout history, we've had periods, long periods, when the farmers were the masters of the universe, rich, very powerful, controlling governments, controlling economies. We've had many periods when they've been in the tank. Uh, this has been going on for thousands of years. 
Yes, there will be periods again when the farmers will rule the roost. Don't worry, it'll come back. It always has and it always will. So do you, do you still have advocate that solving this $2.1 trillion problem, this obesity problem that costs this tremendous amount of money every single year, there's a way to this. It's educating people like we spoke earlier. So people lack education in, in this specific area, understanding that uh, if they make better choices, they become healthier. So it's not a good idea to short big companies just like Coca-Cola or something because they have strong financials. So you're putting yourself as a harm as, a, as an investor, but you will also be placing uh, the world's interest before your own. So this is kind of a catch-22 here, right? Well, if, if, I mean, more and more people understand that some lifestyles are not healthy uh, and that some foods are not healthy. And as people learn and are more and more educated, they change their behavior. There's no question about that. Many people eat much less sugar now than they did before. Fewer people smoke than, than they did before. So as we learn, we learn, mankind has always changed its habits and it's happening again. Nothing unusual about it. More education teaches people more and they react. Mr. Rogers, we have a book summary every single day and all your books are mandatory for our, for our members. For you, what is the most important message from a gift to my children? The one thing that you really wanted your children that they, they just must know. You must be curious and think for yourself. You must think independently. It's hard to do. You must be curious about everything you read and hear. And then you do your own independent thinking because the conventional wisdom is rarely, if ever, right. I also want them to learn to beware of boys. <laughs> sure, I, I, have a, I have a new baby, a baby girl now, so I'm already telling her that she can only kiss a boy when she's 99. <laughs> so. exactly. I told my girls I'm going to lock them upstairs till they're 28. Yeah, that's, that's a great idea. Mr. Rogers, as a final thought, can you share one of your favorite books and what struck you the most? Well, one of my favorite books, I, I re, I've read many wonderful books in my life. Uh, I, I don't think I want to name one because, I mean, I, I, if you mean investment book, even if you narrow it down to investment books, the problem is I'd rather not name one because then I'm going to make somebody angry. Sure. <laughs> so, there are lots of books I have read and there are lots of very good books out there that are fascinating. Find the ones that interest you and, and pursue it. Mr. Rogers, it was a great pleasure having you today. Have a really great, blessed life. Thank you. My pleasure. Bye-bye.